Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass, and this is Dr. G's ADHD chat show trying to make the world safe for ADHDers. I am a clinical psychologist and neuropsychologist, uh, and I also am the parent of <laughs> several ADHD children, and I married into a whole family that has a lot of ADHDers in it. And so I have been working with ADHD for about 40 years now, okay? When I first started recognizing that there was something a little bit unusual about my youngest, um, they still, they did not have a formal diagnosis of ADHD. They had this weird hyperkinetic reaction to childhood, which is wrong on so many counts, it's not even funny. Then they changed the name to ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, which was <clears throat> okay with most of us, you know. And then for some reason, seven years later, they changed it to Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Well, and since then, they have been doing research like crazy uh, to find out what's going on with ADHD. Um, so ADHD, the biggest problem ADHD has is it looks like a behavior problem. It looks like you're just a rotten kid, but it's a neurologic condition. Okay, and what it does, it, it's all about the neurotransmitters in the brain, which is the way your neurons communicate with each other. Uh, a particular one that is of concern is, the, is dopamine. And uh, when you are, and ADHD kids for some reason have low levels of dopamine. And I'm not sure whether it's because they metabolize faster than other people or they manufacture it slower. Don't know. I'm not sure anybody does. But the, you know, the deal is when they are, have low dopamine, they are uncomfortable. They are physically uncomfortable. And, um, you know, certain things increase the loss of dopamine, uh, punishment, uh, being real unhappy, being real scared, those kinds of things cause, cause the um, increased metabolism of ADHD. I mean, of <laughs> dopamine, I'm sorry. ADHD is what we're talking about, right? Got it. Okay. Now, one of the big problems you have with ADHD is working memory. And working memory is like when you tell them, I want you to go up to your room, I want you to make your bed, pick the clothes up off the floor, and clean up your bathroom, say. And you check back on, on them in a half hour or 40 minutes, and they've done two out of three and don't even remember that you asked them to do the third one. That's working memory uh, causing problems. Okay, now, why am I talking about this now? Well, because the holidays, although we all love them and um, enjoy a lot about them, although that is true, they also disrupt our routines, you know, the way we have 
manage the household the way we, you know, get up in the morning, get out the door for school or get ready for bed at night, all those things. They get disrupted because, you know, all of a sudden we're at grandma's house. <laughs> and she'll let me get away with anything. And, and then we know that ADHDers don't do real well with high levels of sugar. But what happens in the holidays? Uh, most of us, even the adults, eat tons more sugar than they do during the rest of the year. Um, yeah, and some people get to the point where they have an extra pair of pants that are bigger for after the holidays until they get their weight back down. Anyway, if you like, and this happens, the disruption is if you, even if you stay home, you're going to have guests probably. You, some of your family or that sort of thing will come um, and disrupt things. Or sometimes some families, you know, you go to grandma's house or um, somebody's brother or something like that. Which means you're totally, you know, you're in a, they're in a different bedroom, they're eating different food, they're eating at different times. It's, it's all just designed to disrupt things. So, what do you do? Well, okay, the first thing you do is you try not to change the routine too much. Okay? No letting them play video games until 3 o'clock in the morning, that kind of stuff. you got to keep the routine pretty close to the way it was um, during the school week. You know? Yeah, you give them a little more flex just because you're it's special. But you can't totally, you know, <laughs> to totally throw the rule book out the door because you may never get control back. Okay, so the routines, particularly bedtimes. ADHDers are not great sleepers, okay? They tend to have difficulties getting to sleep. They tend to be restless and fitful and wake up a lot and that sort of stuff. So they've got to get regular hours, okay? Your body wants the same routine all the time. Um, if, you, um, if you were in a cave, you would still go to bed, go to sleep at roughly the same time and wake up at roughly the same time. And, you know, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have the sun or anything to tell you that, oh, it's daytime now, but your root, you would settle into a routine. Okay. So what you want to make sure is that they, their routine doesn't get too far off and too far off is one of those things you You'll develop some expertise in uh, figuring out, but in general, the closer you can keep it to the way it always is during the week um, when you're at home, the better. Okay, so sleep is huge because the more you disrupt that, the more everything else gets disrupted. Okay, the next thing we to think about is uh, diet. Okay, you're at somebody else's house, say. Or you're at your house, for that matter. And all of a sudden, there are all these cakes and pies and cookies. Um, that's just a lot of things that are sweet that 
you just don't usually get during the during the course of the year. Um, and you know, I'm my wife never buys candy for the house, except over the holidays, and that's the only time I get Reese's. <laughs> you know, the Christmas tree ones. <laughs> they're really good, <laughs> but I know that they're not good for me. Um, and I also know that left to my own devices, I'd probably try to eat the whole bag. But I know I have to share, so I don't don't do that. But I am tempted. And guess what? <laughs> Your ADHD child will be even more tempted. And although there's not a formal, you know, nobody says that an ADHDer is. Uh, well, some people say it, I guess, but th that an ADHD is more s sensitive to sugar and that sugar. But I know in our case, with our kids, a lot of sugar caused a lot of behavior problems. It just increased the, the difficulties. So, highly recommend that you limit the amount of sugar intake. Um, and. If you have to pull mom aside and say, look, you know, this is going to happen or some really bad stuff's going to happen, uh, you know, most of the time, I mean, they don't want big dust-ups in their house any more than, than you do. So, sugar, keep it to a minimum. The other, other, other addiction is electronics. Now, presumably, you have already dealt with this somewhat. You can't just let them go. Well, you're in, you're in a, well, you're in the middle here, you know. You can't really say, you nope, you don't get any electronics. Nowadays, they need electrical devices to do their homework. And uh, so you can't rule them out entirely, but you, you've got to keep, you've got to keep it down to a reasonable amount, you know. You can't have them playing video games for six, seven hours a day. Uh, that's not good for them long term. And it's um, sometimes it's hard to get, get them out of that. I mean, I know one uh, young man that I had as a patient, and he was he was a clever little rascal. It wasn't so little, actually. He was, what, I think sophomore in high school. He just, and he had an uncle who was a total uh, computer head or whatever you call them. He, I mean, he was just, that's all he did. He kind of dropped out of school and just, and was living, you know, in his mother's basement and all that stuff. You don't want that for your kid, especially your ADHD kid. So you've got to, you know, set some reasonable limits on, um, how many hours they're they're allowed to play uh, video games? Okay, and hopefully you've worked that out. But um, you know, I can't give you an exact number of hours, but uh, you know, an hour a day or so probably is about right. Maybe a couple if you're they're doing okay. But the minute they're not doing okay, you gotta you know put the hammer down and do your do your thing. Okay, and now. So electronics are a biggie, and sugar is a biggie. The other thing, um, it's important. Um, 
really important is exercise. Okay, exercise is the best natural way to increase dopamine levels for a kid, or for anybody, for adults for that matter. Uh, you, the more exercise they get, the higher their levels of dopamine. So, you know, playing, and, in, and it doesn't have to be running marathons, it can be like playing touch football or playing soccer or whatever, but you want you want well-rounded kids, and so some kind of exercise has got to be part of it. Ah, the other thing that's important for dopamine levels is just being outside, breathing fresh air, uh, getting some sunshine, vitamin D, and all that, that sort of thing. So that's important that, that they do it every day. It's probably easiest to do if you make it a regular routine, you know, sort of like the Kennedys in their touch football games. Um, Know, set up a game of, of some sort, whatever whatever level of uh, endurance and athletic skill your family tends to have. Uh, make sure that uh, that's a, a regular routine, you know. We're going to, two hours after Thanksgiving dinner, we're going to play touch football, or maybe two hours before, we're going to play touch football. Uh, whatever, but that they're outdoors, they're getting some exercise, some fresh air, some sunshine, all that sort of thing. And uh, might be a good time to let them see that the old man has still still got a little strength in the arm. <laughs> so, um, the other other things that that is, is helpful if you know if you do this every year in the same place. As soon as they're able, and even maybe a little before you really are sure that they're able, give them a responsibility. Okay? Okay, you guys, Grandma wants you to set the table. Or uh, when they get a little older, uh, how about helping uh, make the salads? You know, you probably don't want them playing with butcher knives, but, you know, get them doing stuff. Um, it's good for them, and they, you know, they feel important. They feel like they're part of the thing, of the routine, part of making the uh, celebration happen. And you know, they they need they need that. They need some kind of they need some responsibility, and they need uh, to feel that they're giving back a little bit. And so, I highly recommend that. And I'm gonna. I've already decided that I'm going to, in a few weeks, I'm going to do a presentation on routines uh, because routines are terribly important. Okay, ADHDers have problems with what's called working memory. And I already gave you an example of working memory. You know, you tell them to do three things and they go away and they totally forget one of them or maybe two of them. And sometimes they forget all of them. You know, and it's not that they're trying to get out of anything. It's that they, their working memory literally does not work very well. Um, and you know, we all have working memory and problems on occasion. And we all uh, have some, uh, you know, probably some stories we could tell about working memory, about how many times you spend looking for your, or how much time you spend looking for your cell phone or your car keys or, um, 
you know, your hat, your sunglasses before you leave, you know, and that's, that's all working memory. And it's also because you have not set up routines and routines are critically important for ADHDers because the good thing about a routine is you do not have to uh, get in all these working memory aids if you've trained in a routine. Routine is just a set of habits, you know? Uh, what is the habit you have when you get up in the morning? First thing in the morning, what do you do? And I guarantee you, for most of us adults, you do the same thing in roughly the same order until you are ready to leave the house. And it doesn't change much. That is a good thing to start using with your ADHD child. Matter of fact, use it as much as you can. Um, when I was working in a rehab hospital, physical rehab, you know, brain injuries and so on, we um, introduced uh, a lot of different uh, routines. Uh, probably the most popular one was the memory jar. And for those people who can never find all the stuff they need to get out the door, just put a little bowl, or I, shoot, I use a baseball cap, and just put it on the uh, table in the hallway when you come in the door. And that's where everything goes. That's where the wallet goes, that's where the keys go, uh, that's where the sunglasses go, every time. It's always there. Because, I mean, a lot, a lot of people, you know, they'll come in, they'll sit down, and that's where uh, their car keys go. And then they forget about it and go upstairs, and that's where their wallet goes. You know, so every day it's something different. They're doing, they're doing a little different thing. But if you have the memory jar idea, you take the stuff out of your pockets every day in the same place so that when you get, have to leave, you've got all that stuff and you don't have to be running around looking for it. And it's an excellent idea for all of the family, you know, to have a memory jar or a memory location where they put everything. And that way you're not running around all over the house looking, where did I put those keys taken? And starting the day off with a bunch of stress and nastiness. Okay, I think that's about it for today. Um, like I said, I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass. Yeah, my website is terrygingrassphd.com. I am um, I'm a coach. I coach ADHD executives and families. And I um, basically, I enjoy working with ADHD folks. I like their energy and enthusiasm um, and the way they solve problems and look at the world. It's very interesting. It's not boring at all, uh, which sometimes you run into folks that are just god awful boring. Anyway, so they're not boring. They're interesting to be with, to work with, uh, and they get their hands around a, a few good ideas. Uh, they can run with it and, and do some amazing things. 70% roughly of all entrepreneurs have ADHD or ADHD-like symptoms. That's amazing. That's, but that's those, I mean, entrepreneurs, those are the, that's the wave of the future. 
that's where people are going. And uh, I am real impressed with that. And I think you should get that way too. And if you need to um, you can sign up uh, for my list on off of the website. Uh, you can sign up for a bunch of other things off of the website. Uh, we're trying to get a new system set up for scheduling so you can schedule like a practice session just to see if we're going to get along. Uh, but right now, it's a new piece of software. <laughs> ah, I hate new, new pieces of software. Anyway, so we will catch you next week. And hopefully um, you're having a, a good holiday season and I uh, hope all of your wishes and plans and things uh, are fruitful. Okay, we will catch you later. Oh, and one, one other thing. Uh, you may notice that the title on this is one you've seen before, uh, but I just pulled that bad boy up and found out that the the sound was not there. I don't know where it went, but it's not there. Uh, so we redid the same thing, and we're redoing it uh, at a publishing re at a different time, but it'll work. Okay, so like I said, catch you later. <laughs>